0: Hey world, welcome back to my podcast also entitled Hey World with Ross Livermore. I am your host Ross Livermore as I just mentioned and uh, welcome back to this Friday edition of the podcast. Um, There's really only one show that I need to mention in this intro and that is this Sunday, January 27th. I'll be playing full band. At Analog at the Hutton Hotel Opening for my really good friend Nicole Boggs and The Real It's her album release party Her album just came out today Um, It's awesome The first five songs in the Hey World playlist On Spotify will be featured Fully by Nicole and her band And um, that will be up shortly Also on the show Is Michelle Brook She's great, she's going to be starting things out solo I'm going to be on with the full band It's going to be Caleb on bass, Caleb Hooper Grant Garland on keys, Trevor Larkin on guitar, Russ Gardner on drums, and then Nicole and her band are going to be up uh, closing out the night, doing a great set. So once again, that's Sunday, January 27th at the Analog Club at the Hutton Hotel. Tickets are $10. Um, It's going to be a great night of music. So if you're in Nashville, the greater Nashville area, You should be there. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more on the podcast uh, today so the people on the Facebook Live and Instagram Live can also hear about it too. As always, your dude stoked on Instagram. Check it out. Um, All our shirts, hats, and tanks are on sale online. Links are in the Instagram account, the Hey World playlist, as I just mentioned, and rosslivermore.com for all of the information about upcoming shows this year in 2019 and music and upcoming releases that we have coming out as uh as always. It's going to be a good year. I'm really excited about uh 2019 for me and the boys. All right. And hopefully the Patriots will bring home another Super Bowl in 2019. We'll see. But anyway, up until then, why don't we go on with the podcast? This is Hey World episode 38. I think I have I should have checked that out before I went on. But either way, this is episode uh an- another episode of Hey World the podcast. Check it out. Let's do it. And welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. I was right in the intro in saying that this is, in fact, episode 38 of the Hey World podcast. Welcome back. This is a special Friday edition of the podcast, because I am a lazy son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, no, it's a little bit, a little bit of laziness mixed with a little bit of, uh, New England weather. Um, my flight was canceled. I was supposed to fly back on Tuesday. Flight was canceled. Flew back on Wednesday. Wednesday was pretty much a waste of a day. And, uh, Because my flight was at like 5 in the morning. Had gigs Wednesday, Thursday, and today was my first day off. I probably could have done it Wednesday, but I was just, I don't know. Like I said, it was a mix of laziness and and weather. Um, But here we are once again with the podcast coming at you live. Tina's back here for those on Instagram. She's just chilling. She was just biting her nails. Like a class, like the classy bitch that she is. Um, But I'm back. In Nashville, after another incredible MLK weekend, Sweet 16. It's sad, but it, that it's over. It's sad that I didn't win the trophy. But what can you say? What can you do? You can't be a champion every single year unless you're Tom Brady and the Patriots, which, in fact, they are not champions every single year either but they are going to the Super Bowl once again. Can you believe it? The New England Patriots. Back in the big game for the 3rd year in a row. It's absolutely incredible. I drank so much wine during this game with my friend Matt Trembley. Just kept getting a splash. You know, a little uh championship drive splash here, championship drive splash there, defensive stop splash here and the next thing you know you forget uh, that the game even went into overtime, <laughs> I know it was uh Stefan Philbrook who is tuning into the Facebook live was gonna come up with a caravan of uh of 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 little ones, not even little ones of of teenagers and other people, but that uh the greater. New Hampshire, uh, greater Bartlett area got about two feet of snow and they couldn't make it up. Um, which actually made for Sunday, uh, made a great day of snowboarding. We went up to wildcat and I get, I get two years of, I get two days of snowboarding in a year. And, uh, the first day this year was a powder day and hopefully my second day up at Sugarloaf in April will be a beautiful spring skiing day. Um, but you know, we can only hope for the best. You never know with Sugarloaf. But, man, it was an incredible weekend. The show up at Atatash was crazy. I love playing up there. Atatash, though, we love playing up there, is easily the worst load-in of any place that we play throughout the year. Hands down. Not beca- I love Atatash. I have nothing but love for Atitash. But And there's nothing you can really do about it. But the way that it's set up, the venue that we play on is the third floor. It's the mountain bar. And, uh, the only way, and we have to bring our own PA system. So, you know, like PAs now you have, you have two really good main speakers, which you can buy tiny little speakers that can fill a whole room. We have, uh, two 15 inch EV powered speakers that I got on Craigslist. That still to this day, four or five years later after buying it on Craigslist, they still stink like weed. (laughs) i don't know why uh there's probably marijuana in there or either uh the people the guy who i bought them from just smoked so much weed when he used them that uh it's just going to be in there forever (laughs) but um anyway so we have to load in up to the third floor and we have this our our mixing board um i bought it off a friend of my mother's actually named John Cochran, and he was big into the wedding scene like years ago. so he had this like road case box with a Mackie mixer, and these like it's kind of like a rack mount thing, and I've just I bought it off him. I've had it uh for years. It's taken a couple tumbles off some like four wheelers when we were bringing it up to the ski mountains, so it's it's durable but we have to bring that up. It's just, it's a process to, especially an out So they have like, we have to bring it all up through, uh, their kitchen. And then you walk it in through the kitchen, load it into a dumb waiter, which is just an elevator that you can't put a human in. And then, um, we have two people loading the weight, loading the dumb waiter. And then two people on the third floor unloading and carrying it all through a room full of people with ski boots on, And, uh, you know, carrying gear through a room full of people anyways, sucks, but you put them all in ski boots and it's just like terrible because everyone's just kind of flopping around. No one really has their, uh, no one really has their balance (laughs) and you're just carrying these big speakers. It's just a pain in the ass. But once we get everything to the stage, it's great. And the audience is amazing. It was so busy in there that they actually had to stop people from coming into the bar. There's two bars. There's the main bar that we play in, and then there's like the side bar that's the front entrance, and they actually had to stop people. Um, and it is Martin Luther King weekend. So, uh, I don't think it's fully because the, the RLB was playing up there. Hey, baby. Biggie's in the house. Yeah, it's, uh, so it was, it was just like that's why we like to play on that specific weekend because we'll bring a lot of people because we do this annual trip. And, um, there's just the mountain is full of uh of party animals, so it was great and uh man <laughs> so it was just it was a it was a great show and um there was a u two tribute band <laughs> that was playing after us, and they were uh they em oh sorry emma's texting me she's getting a little pre uh a little preschool, uh post pre pre weekend post school school week drink and we're gonna go out uh have it a couple have a couple drinks tonight. Anyway, sorry, lost my train of thought. As always. Um so what was I saying? Oh yeah, this U two tribute band. They they loaded in, it was like they loaded in like they were playing at Wembley Arena with their lighting rig and road cases and we went, you know, we, we, we broke down pretty quickly, but they were uh I felt the pressure. To get it, because it was the it was, you know, it was their stage. It was Bono's stage after we played. The Edge, with his twelve-string acoustic guitar, was about to take Attache by storm, with the Martin Luther King Weekend fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so the, we had to get off stage, and uh, yeah, so we loaded out and made way back to the ski house that we stayed in for the annual 16th annual uh, fake Bono, fake edge, fake news. Um, (laughs) And we did the MLK beer pong tournament, which Dan and Noah, the team that everyone loves to hate for once did not win the tournament, but we lost to them. So we have, we do it like a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket. So, Right off the bat, my my teammate Mike Plasman, and I have been teammates for like, I don't know 10 years. right off the bat, we lose game one to Gene Hartnett and kate Dumas, danforth Kate Kate Danforth, Dumas. and uh obviously, they're just shit talking us, so we're you know we're a little we're a little heartbroken, but you know, as as the dream team does, we scratched and clawed out of the depths of hell. Always scratching and clawing. And we made it to the top of the loser's bracket. And like clockwork, who is tuning in right now? The champ, John Hartnett, and his teammate, who is not tuning in, Paul Dumas. So, I, Plasman, and I played Dan and Noah, and they just handily. They, 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 we, we had no chance against against those guys. You know, at first, we, we, it was a nice game to start out. Dan and Noah bounced it, sunk it, brought it back three cups, and that's pretty much when the game was over for us. Um, and then right off the bat, they go to the, they go to the championship. John Hartnett. Yeah, we, we, hey, we, we beat you guys though too. Gene Hartnett is is tuning in right now. They beat us first game. We beat them to go to the uh, the AFC Championship of MLK Beer Pong Tournament, and uh, and then John and Paul, like the true champions they are, did not lose one game in the tournament and took the trophy, which I'm actually really excited about. Anytime Dan and Noah does not take that trophy home, I am pumped. But there's a part of me that's like real jealous, you know. I'm like, if any any time that I do not hoist the trophy, which is, uh, now 13 years of, of not, I'm, you know, there's a part of me that's upset. Of course, a year with the trophy is better than a year without the trophy, but we live to fight another day. And I just want to say a very special congratulations to everyone who competed and especially the champions of the world year, sweet 16, John Hartnett and Paul Dumas. The champs, you love to see it. A hard-fought battle and a hard-earned trophy. I hope you enjoy all of the spoils that this trophy brings to you in this 2019 year. It's going to be a special year for you and Paul and Wesley. The mascot of the... uh, for, well, This is the first year we brought a... Well, I didn't. I had nothing to do with the baby. But the first year that John and Gene or anyone brought a baby on the trip. And, you know, I have to say people were skeptical about it. But I think overall, Wes, the true champ spirit, uh, won over the hearts of all of the doubters on the MLK trip. It was just... It was great. Wes, he's a movie star. He's a movie star in the making. Um... But with that said, the MLK trip came to a close, and we went home, and uh, I can't wait till next year, 17. I can't believe, is there anyone who, if you're listening, is there anyone that you know of that does a trip that has gone on this long? We're actually talking about maybe doing a death pool now. It's like who's the first person that's it's kind of dark actually. <laughs> We're like we should we should probably think about starting to do a death pool. I mean like, I think, I I feel like at this point, people just want to continue to do it just as like, a little bit of a fuck you, you know? Like, let's keep doing it because it because no one does it, so let's keep doing it. It's just a it's just like, a house full of pricks that want to just like put a big middle finger up to the world you love to see it you know (laughs) oh my god it was great the mlk trip i can't believe it i feel like i wish that in in a way i i like lived back home so we could do like a a mlk trip recap show with everyone on it kind of like a reality show you know what i mean And get like a celebrity. Get like, we'll get, um, what the hell's his name? AC Slater. What? uh, Mario, we'll get Mario Lopez to be like the mediator. And we'll all get on set and just like talk about what happened on the trip. (laughs) That's what needs to happen. Oh, get, (laughs) (laughs) get exhibit. That'd be great. That'd be so... Oh, my God. That'd be so funny, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll just get Exhibit. He's going to uh, be the host of the show. We'll get all of the people that were on uh, on the trip. We'll set up like a Where Are They Now show. You know what I mean? And oh, it's going to be great. I love you, too. Brunch Candle? I'll have to look. I don't know who that profile is, but I'll have to look and see. I'm sure I I'm sure I know who it is, but oh my God. That's what we're gonna do. Once like once the uh Oh, it's David O'Neill. What's up, dude? Um yeah, once once we get a little bit more uh once we're in our forties and we're all like we have some money to spare, we should like it'll be like that episode of uh of Seinfeld when Kramer gets the Merv Griffin set and we'll just like set it up and host our own show. No one's going to watch it. There's going to be not one person that watches it, but uh, we'll just have it. We'll just like make, put it on VHS and give it away as Christmas gifts for the next year. Um, oh, I know that's why we're doing a death pool dude. Cause like, we're going to see who makes it to the forties. But anyway, Oh man. So funny. I can't believe we're still doing it. I'm really thankful that we can play up at Aditash. And big thank you to Aditash and the whole staff. Um, every year we go up there. It's incredible. And since I've moved down here, it obviously is harder for me uh, personally to get up there to just do like a vacation. So the fact that we're able to play and they let us play on that specific weekend is um, is huge um, for me uh, to so we can... So I can make it happen, and uh, it's it's just great. So thank you to everyone that went on MLK. I can't wait till year seventeen. Thank you to Adatash for letting us play and giving us an opportunity. And they like we play mo- mostly originals there too. We do three hours. I think we did like at least um, two thirds of the set were like originals, which is cool. And like the uh, everyone that's there, um, Biggie. I'll see you later. Tell Randy I said hey. And uh, I'll miss you. I'll see you in the spring, or maybe the summer, or come visit me down here. Me and the Griff. Um. Oh man, what the hell was I talking about? I don't know. Oh yeah, and it just—it's just great that Aditash, uh Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's great that Adetash gives us a place to play, and that everyone that goes to that specific mountain is so receptive of bands that play there. So, thank you all. I don't know who is actually listening to this, but um, you want to see Tina, dude? Oh, she's on the floor. What the hell is that next to her? Oh, that's the. I thought that was a shit. She's a badass bitch, dude um man so here we are back in nashville uh once again and sunday night is a big show i can't wait it's gonna be great um i have the opportunity to open for my friend nicole boggs and the real they just released a brand new album um And it's on Spotify now. So if you guys are interested, check her out. She's one of the best singers I've heard. Uh, We've done a ton of different gigs together. She actually sang on our new album on a couple songs, Queen of the Night and Would It Be Me. Uh, And I am opening for her album release party Sunday at Analog at the Hutton Hotel. And it's just going to be great. The band that uh, is playing with me is Kick-Ass. It's Caleb Hooper on bass who is... Just one of my favorite people. He's recorded bass on both of the projects that I've done here now. He's going to have his first taste of a Massachusetts summer. We're playing on the Vineyard this summer, July 19th and 20th. And Caleb and his wife are coming, and it's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait. And that's actually Emma Griffin's birthday. I think it's 29. Don't 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 tell her. I didn't know that. I think it's 29. Um, so Caleb Hooper's on bass. Trevor Larkin, the legend. Um, is on guitar, Grant Garland on keys, and Grant is the best because Grant sometimes plays keys with me, sometimes plays guitar with me, and he can just interchange instruments like a true master that he is, uh, and that I, I can't wait for that. And Russ Gardner holding it down, the backbone of the band on drums. It's a kick-ass band, and um, I'm really excited. We're playing like seven thirty to eight, and then the coals around like eight fifteen to nine fifteen. And Michelle Brooke starting it out solo. She hits at seven. It's going to be a great show. It's only $10 to get in. Um, I think it's 13 if... And you get a copy of Nicole's new record. If you're Spotify digital music people, you should uh, listen to it on Spotify on repeat. It's kick-ass. The first five tracks on the Hey World playlist that I host host or I created or whatever it is um are going to be five of my favorite Nicole Bog songs and uh you should check it out she is a badass and her band is great too and I can't wait I've actually so analog is my Instagram might die soon if you're tuning in because my battery I have an old iPhone and the battery just is shit um but analog here it's a newer venue For anyone who is, it's kind of, it's set up, it's set up, it reminds me of the Paradise in Boston, but there's no stage. So it's that, like, kind of long, that, that like, wide room with a balcony, um, and the, where you perform, it's the same level, but it's um, set up just like the Paradise and the Sound. It's a Bose room, so you know the Sound is kick-ass, and I didn't even know that until uh, my friend Jed, who lends me Bose PA Systems, I told him I was playing there. He's like, oh, cool. It's a Bose room. I like, great. I love Bose. Um, and you should, too. But it's going to be a great show. I can't wait. I can't wait to just play. I do a lot of solo shows here. And really, the only opportunities I get to play with a full band are when I go back home and play with Paul and Phil, which is now, like, not as much as I would like. Hopefully, this year, with the release of the new music, it'll start happening more frequently. But... um. So any opportunity I have to play full band, I just get so excited about because like I love playing solo and it's a skill that's definitely helped me uh, become a full-time musician here and I don't take it for granted. But, I mean, playing electric guitar in a full band just kicks ass and it's, it's just better, I think. Um, but, you know, when I play with a band a lot, I also like to play solo a couple times. It's kind of a... It's the yin and yang of the... Artist, solo performer, band performer. The uh, solo performance versus the full band performance. Um, but anyway. So if you're in Nashville, Sunday, January 27th, you should be there. Because it's going to be awesome. Um, What else was I going to talk about? Oh, I don't know if you all follow Bob Leff sets. Do you... Bob Lefsetz was a music lawyer turned – let me look this up. He was a music lawyer turned like A&R guy. He's just kind of been a, like a, in the music business for 20, 30 years. And he has this email now called the Lefsetz Letter. And so many people read it uh, from all different levels and all different walks of life. Like guys like Michael sweet from striper. Do you know who striper is? They were that like Christian eighties metal band that all wore like bumblebee. Like, uh, (laughs) they looked like yellow and black stripes. Um, to like Steven Tyler to like the heads of, of like Warner here in Nashville to like guys like me who are just like trying to make a living. So it's this wide spectrum And one of the things that he does, he'll write a letter and he's like, he's a kind of controversial, you know, he'll say some weird ass shit. And he has like some political commentary and he touches on sports a little bit. He was from Connecticut and he talks about skiing a lot. So, um, some of the stuff that he writes about is like his early days of college going up to Vermont skiing. Um, but anyway, he writes, uh, just about random stuff that's happening in the music industry. I think he has a podcast too. Um, one of the podcasts that I listened to of his was actually I forget his name, his guest, but it was it was Logic, the rapper. It was Logic's manager. I think it was one of the earlier um, podcasts, but you should check it out if you uh, if you are so inclined to hear a podcast about the music industry from uh, longtime industry experts. Anyways, he has this email that everybody reads, and he wrote a post recently about pledge music and it's interesting to me because we had a similar experience with pledge music and it wasn't as bad but basically the email if i can find it here i have the where the hell is basically the email was uh from the manager of fastball if you could only see the road that they walk on is paved in gold. You know, fastball. They had like three. I actually saw them recently with my good friend, Jamie Leslie at City Winery here in Nashville. And the reason why they went on tour again was because a some hip hop artist sampled one of their songs and they got like a bump on their Spotify numbers. So they went on tour. So we saw them at City Winery. And City Winery here, I don't know what it is in Boston, New York, but the capacity is like 300 seated, And they played there, and they're kind of like a rock band, but they're like, at this point, kind of a dad band, you know? And they played for, it was like 90 people. And in between each song, it was dead. It was dead silence, which is pretty awkward. But they played great, and they played their hits, and every time they played a hit, their singer went to piano. And it was like, uh, the way... Ah, what are the other two songs? What are their other hits? Um, is it out of my head? Is it out of my mind? How could I ever been so blind? And then they had one other song. Anyway, this email was from their manager emailing Bob Lefsets talking about Pledge Music and how Pledge Music is not paying out their artists. Oh no, not 15 minutes, whatever. And it's about how pledge music isn't paying out their artists and, uh, what happened to us. And, um, when we did our pledge campaign for this is not forever, right around that time, I think the shit kind of hit the fan. So we might've got out just in time. So we got our first, so they there's three tiers of payments. So we got our first payment, um, and our second payment both on the dates that it was scheduled, but we were still waiting on like three, it was like $327. Um that took another six or seven months to get. What is what podcast is this from? This is not so this isn't Marcus tuning in. Uh this is not from a podcast. This is from his uh his email. If you subscribe to the email, actually I can I could forward you the email if you want. Um but it's it's basically saying about how their payment system was was really bad and how I think they're like in the hole. So I think so Benji Rogers and Jace Varden, who I actually when we first did our first RLB album, they were the heads of Pledge Music and they were kick ass. Um I will definitely forward you the email and they have um one of the cool things about his email, he follows up and he posts responses to it so there's one email and then there's all of the responses for other people who had similar experiences so there's probably like 15 or 16 like short form emails um and the funniest one the last email on it was like uh what does he say oh where the hell is it oh man i gotta find it i don't know whatever anyway so basically jace and benji started this company it was right around the time crowdfunding started and it was great and we raised some money we did another campaign with them last year and i think by that point benji might have left the company and jace was still involved but he was more of a consultant and our good friend matt pendergast who produced one of our video sessions was also involved in pledge music and they have all since left the company and i think when jace and benji left it it seems like the shit hit the fan because what happened was like fastball never got like seven thousand dollars that they were owed, and then there's this response of all of these other artists saying, like, Yeah, you know, like I didn't receive like more than half of the money i'm I can't afford we're giving me problems paying seven thousand dollars. um this one says like pledge music sucks, <laughs> and I'm like, it's a bummer.' Because Pledge Music was so good to us for so long. Um, but it seems like they're just like since Benji and Jace left the company, like the shit's kind of hit the fan and it really bummed me out because we definitely had this experience with it. This one is from a fan who never got a Wolf Um they never got any of the Wolfpack stuff that they bought. Um incompetent isn't an excuse you absolutely can't spend money that isn't yours um, it's crazy oh <laughs> this one if it, if I were fastball I'd be out of my head I'd be out of my mind that's the song but I don't know I read this email and I read the, all the responses and it made me really sad because pledge music was such a good thing for us for so many years and releasing so much music that just kind of bums me out that whoever's running it now, like they're not organized. The, one of the, one of the responses in here was from an artist who said like they can't actually press their albums because they're still waiting on money. Um, we only waited on like 300 bucks and I hit up Jason. He was really cool. And they, he's just like, we switched, you know, payment plans and blah, blah, blah. Um, we eventually got the money, but a lot of these artists are not getting their money from pledge music. Um, I remember leaving that uh leaving that campaign being like, I probably wouldn't do not even because of pledge, I probably just wouldn't do a Kickstarter or a any type of crowdfunding. Crowdfunding's tough because I think what happened was all these artists were doing it and then they'd do it again and then they'd do it a third time. And all the people who are contributing are like, Aren't you supposed to be like making money by this point? Um Why are you still asking for money? Like, shouldn't you have made an album and made enough money to like make your own album the next time? But I I just think that wasn't happening. So the demand, um, people were contributing less and less. And I think, I I don't really know. Um, But when we did it this most recent time, Pledge Music's platform was like awesome. It was better than anything we could have done um, with a pre-order campaign. Um, So who knows? The beauty of what we did last time was that it was just a pre-order. It wasn't like fund our album. We already had the album in, in the bag. We just needed money to like press it. Um, and basically pre-order it. And their their platform was great. Um, but we had already known how to use the platform. Maybe that was an advantage that we had. But, you know, artists and artists like don't want to do the work. Yeah, this is an an email from Michael Manifest it said since Benji left the company since Benji left the company fell apart so many bands including me had to fight to get paid I'll never use them again Man It's a bummer cuz at one point I remember right around the time Pledge was at its height Bob Lefebr's also wrote a uh an email that was like a glowing review on crowdfunding and how Benji was easily the most organized and the best, and at the top of the uh, at the top of the game. I remember that email specifically because, like Jason Benji, like tweeted it and Instagrammed it, and it was like a huge thing. And now it just it's it bums me out kind of because like they were so supportive to us, and I think they still probably are. But like, it's just a bummer to see a company like that who is kind of at like at the top of the game for crowdfunding, just kind of fall by the wayside as they say but you know i don't think it's just because of pledge i think like crowdfunding is a dying thing that's going to be one of those things like 20 years from now being like oh remember crowdfunding uh it doesn't really happen because any- I, I i i don't know that's just my two cents on it I, th- I feel like people just kept being annoyed by bands being like hey be a part of my album and then like you know, they just release an album and like maybe do like a tour and then just not do anything. I think the key, that's why the key is just consistency, like doing something weekly, daily, whatever you can do and just continuing to let people know that you're existing and that you're working. I was surprised that when we played at Opus in December, how many people were like, Hey, I listen to the podcast. And I don't think they listen to every episode but like it definitely lets people know that uh I'm still working on it, you know? And we're still existing and I'm still playing with the same guys that I have been and and things are uh things are good. I guess like if if you're not active on social media, like I know social media is kind of a pain in the ass and no one really wants to do it including me. Um but it's a great thing. Someone asked me last night I was playing at a hotel And he asked me about, um, he's like, what do you think of the state of the music industry right now? Um, And like when it, with regards to like streaming services. And I was like, honestly, I think if you're an independent artist, there's never been a better time uh, to be doing music. Um, And like, there's money to be made. And I know people bitch about like Spotify and online, whatever, social media, but like, I know bands that have made it because of Spotify and I know bands that have made it because of Instagram. And if you're active and savvy and creative, there's definitely no better time because you can run your music as if it's a small business. And that's how you need to operate. Now you have to adjust. It's not like there's money to be made. It's just not in the same ways that, um, It used to be, you just get a record deal and go on tour and sell merch, which still happens. Like you go on tour and you sell merch, but you can also like, it's not as bad to like get your song in a commercial or get it on a TV show or like become an influencer or have a podcast and get advertising or whoever, like, you know, as long as you're just active and continuing to do it and you have a clear vision of what you want and who you are as an artist, I think. In 2019, there's no better time to be an artist. I think the people who say that it sucks now are the people who don't want to work. I think that's it. Um, People want to have a manager tell them what to do and they want to have a label and they want to just be like put into situations and be famous. They don't want to actually like put in the day to day work that no one sees. And I think that's the difference. And I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I think that's a good thing, though, because the cream will rise to the top. I mean, you see it you see it clearly in hip-hop now. Like, hip-hop artists, they can just make a song on their computer and, uh, you know, do 200 songs a year. And if, you know, one is good, that can change their life. And the, at the rate that they're putting out content, they think of music as content, you know what I mean? It's crazy. I think hip-hop's really the first... S- uh, genre to really adapt the new model and they are clearly destroying it right now because like you look at this top 50 Spotify chart and it's like, I don't know, at least 75% hip hop artists and pop, you know, it's crazy. Um, but I think it's no bit, be- there's no better time to quote rent. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> uh, there's no day but today, right? What a musical came out when I was eighth grade. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I think it's just a great time. I don't know why I went on this rant about the oh, it's because of this pledge music thing. But we'll see what happens with pledge music. It's uh, it's an interesting time. But anyway, I feel like that's a good time, a good spot to end this podcast. So if you're around on Sunday, January 27th, come to Analog at the Hutton Hotel. I'm going to be playing. Nicole Boggs is going to be playing. Michelle Brook is going to be playing. It's going to be a great show. If you're interested, subscribe on iTunes or uh, SoundCloud on this link above. And uh, um, take care of each other out there, all right? We'll see you next. uh, We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll be back hopefully on schedule uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Alright. Have a good weekend. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.